one. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. Verse 2. For you know what instruction we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Verse 4. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Verse 5. Not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. Verse 6. And in that in, in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. Verse 7. For God did not call us, call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. In verse 8. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. Amen. So our speaker today is uh, a brother of mine and one of our elders, um, Pastor Shadra Kakui. Allow me just to welcome him here so that I can pray for him. I see God, pray that God will use him to just minister to us this, this morning. So let us believe and pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us this morning just to listen to your word. We don't take it for granted because, Lord, it is a privilege as believers just to hear from you. We pray that, Lord, even us, our elder, Shadrach Kakui, comes to minister to us. We pray that you may use him as a vessel of God. And we pray that, Lord, as congregation who are listening, both physically here and online, that you may open our hearts, that, Lord, you may be receptive to the word of God that is shared today. We give you all the glory and all the honor because we ask all this, believing and trusting in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, it's great to see all of us today. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Brother Ken, for leading us. Um, yeah, the last time I shared from this pulpit, this place was empty. And I can assure you that is not my calling. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, amen. It's great to see you here today. And those who are watching us from home, it's great to have you join us uh, today in today's service. Uh, today I've been asked to speak on the privilege of sanctification for the saints. Now, that is not Greek. Uh, that is English. Uh, the privilege the opportunity, the honor of sanctification. We will be coming to that shortly for the saints. And our text is First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 to 8. Just before we come to the text, I know this year many things have changed. Uh, many of our plans have been canceled. One specific one of mine that was canceled this year was that in April... I had a trip to Greece that was planned for some meetings there. Now, the plan was for me to have some meetings, and after the meetings, tour some Bible places. Uh, please don't tell this to my bosses. I was more 
happy and more enthused by the tour than the meetings. Uh, the reason I was more excited about the tours is that I was going to, or I was planning to go to places like Corinth, Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, among other places. But all those places, two places excited me the most. was Philippi, and the other one is uh, Thessalonica. The reason they excited me is because there are two specific stories that are in the Bible that are linked to those two places. And in the book of Acts chapter 16, uh, Paul was in Philippi. Uh, Paul and Silas in the city of Philippi. These are real places. They're not imaginary. They're not stories. Was in this, in this city called Philippi. And while he was there, he met this lady called Lydia. And the Bible says that Lydia was a God-fearing lady and uh, she gave her life to the Lord and her together with her household, they were baptized and they became believers. Then as Paul continued to minister in Philippi, there was this girl who was demon-possessed and as a result, she would tell people their future. Actually, she had become quite a profitable business to people who owned her. In other words, she became like an investment. I don't know whether people bought shares like in her. So you would come and pay them and then you would go meet the girl to be told about your future. This is in Acts chapter 16. And uh, while Paul was preaching in this city, this girl kept following Paul and the group yelling and saying, these are the servants of the most high God. And it got to a point where Paul was like totally fed up. This is enough. And what did Paul do? He cast out the demon out of her. What that meant is that the stock market immediately went down and the investors lost their investment, right? So the investors became very mad. They quickly followed and caught Paul and Silas, brought them to the marketplaces, brought them before the city leaders and accused them of all banal things. So Paul and Silas were flogged and beaten in public without a trial. And uh, they were thrown inside a very serious prison. And uh, the prisoner or the head of the prison was told to guard them thoroughly. And that's where, we, we, where I come from. We have this song we sing. I don't know how to translate it. Um, in Swahili, it would go, Wakiomba na kuimba usikuwa manane, malaika kaja. There was a big earthquake. I'm thinking in my language now, so I'm trying to translate this. <laughs> so while they were singing, in the middle of the night, there was a big earthquake while they were praising the Lord. And the doors opened, their chains got broken. This is in Philippi. And, uh, you know, they did not get out. And so the prisoner thought, oh, the head of the prison thought, these guys have gone. Uh, well, they told him, no, we are here. And he ended up giving his life to the Lord. The next morning, um, <laughs> the leaders of the city send a soldier to go and tell Paul and Silas to go away. They are free. It's okay. You are free. You can go. Then Paul and Silas said, no, 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 no. We cannot go because we are Roman citizens. You beat us without a trial. And when the leader, 
that these guys were Roman citizens, they were really shocked because that meant they would lose their jobs. And so they came and really pleaded with Paul and Silas to leave. So, well, Paul and Silas left. They first went to Lydia's house and they said bye-bye and then they left. After they left, they went, they actually ended up in Thessalonica. Of course, they went through two small cities, one called Ampipolis and Apollonia. Now, when they got to Thessalonica, for three straight Saturdays, they went to the synagogue there. They preached and they preached powerfully so that some Jews and many Greeks and some powerful women there gave their lives to the Lord. Now, what that meant is that the Jews who did not accept the Lord were unhappy and they made some trouble. So they went to the house of one brother who was hosting Paul. His name is Jason. And that's a great name if you are going to have a son soon. Um, Jason, Pastor Irene, whoever is... uh, (laughs) The Lord is not speaking, Pastor Irene. That's from me. (laughs) So they go to Jason's house where Paul was staying, but they miss Paul. And when they miss Paul, they get a hold of Jason and bring him to the public square together with some of the brothers. And uh, while there, they make them pay a bail so that they say, if there's more trouble, your money is going to get lost. So anyway, that night, uh, the brothers and sisters in the Lord tell Paul, please leave. This place is troublesome. So Paul leaves and then he goes to Berea. When he goes to Berea, he preaches powerfully there. And the Bible says, and this is already in Acts 17, that the the Jews there were more receptive. They they were much better. So many Jews became uh, Christians. Now it's about 73 kilometers from uh, Thessalonica to Berea. So when the Jews who had chased Paul from Thessalonica heard that he was in Berea, they sent a team to go and persecute him in Berea. And so Paul ended up leaving and going to, uh, finally landing in um, Athens and then finally in Corinth. Now while in Corinth, Paul is joined again by Silas and Timothy. And while in Corinth now, Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica because there's a church, there's a young church that has begun in Thessalonica. So he sends Timothy there to go and see how the brothers are doing. So when uh, Timothy comes back now from Thessalonica, uh, Paul decides to write a letter to the believers in Thessalonica. And that letter is the letter we call First Thessalonians. And so you can see why I wanted to go to Thessalonica, for example. You know, maybe I could have the opportunity to take a selfie and, you know, put it online and say I'm chilling at uh, Jason's house. Uh, And maybe hashtag you can't make these things up. Uh, Hashtag do I say. These are the things we do, right? (laughs) You know, I was excited to go there. So today we look at the fourth chapter of the book of First Thessalonians. And in a nutshell, just quickly, the book of First Thessalonians is divided into two. Uh, the first chapter, the second chapter, and the third chapter 
basically Paul is sharing about what happened in the past. So if you look at uh, chapter, you know, chapter 3 verse 2, you will see he's saying, we sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker, back to you, you know, um, to strengthen and encourage you. That has already happened. If you look at uh, chapter 2, Paul is saying, you know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, where the stock market fell, you know. So these things, chapter 1, 2, and 3, I'm, I'm saying this just to encourage you to be able to read First Thessalonians. If you read First Thessalonians, chapter 1, 2, and 3, you will see Paul reflecting on what has already happened. Chapter 4 and 5 is looking into the future. It's Paul now using a letter to minister to the believers. In the past, he has ministered in person. He was there. He has sent Timothy back to go and minister to them. Now he is ministering to them and writing to them a letter. So our focus today is going to be in chapter 4, verse 1 to 8. And as I said, the title is The Privilege of Sanctification to the Saints. The other day, I got to chat with a friend of mine. Uh, they just uh, relocated to the U.S. Uh, by uh, a green card, I think something like that. And so just that way, they have been declared as U.S. citizens. Okay? Uh, when they arrive in the U.S., because they have a green card, they have the privileges and the rights of a U.S. citizen. Lakini... Kuna tutabia tuwa ukenya, tuenye, maybe they will carry from here and go there. Right? Munajua some of the tutabia tuwa ukenya. You know some of the tabias za ukenya. For example, if this thing, what is this thing? Remote. If the battery dies, what is the first thing we do? We slap it. That is totally Kenyan. Then the next thing, what do you do? You open, uh-huh. <laughs> you, give, you remove the batteries and give it some time. <laughs> I don't know for what. And if it doesn't repress, if it doesn't work, what do you do? Kwajua. Kuna wana. kwajua. If it doesn't work, what do we do next? Unauma battery, Pastor Irene. Let's just be honest. I mean, okay, well, some brothers are honest, other people are not honest. But how did you know? <laughs> now, brothers and sisters, when we believe in the Lord Jesus, there are two things that happen. The first thing is called justification we become automatic citizens of heaven. Nothing can take that away from us. We become justified. God sees us as holy. 
Full stop. Just because we believe in the Lord Jesus. Then there is a second thing. And this, the first one is equivalent to becoming a citizen of the U.S. There is a second thing that happens. And that thing is called sanctification. Hiyo sasa ndiyo kutua hii tutabia ya ukenya. It is true you are an American citizen, lakini utu tutabia to ukenya unatolewa polepo. Pole pole. Bwana asifuwe sana. Now, sanctification is a biblical concept that comes from the idea of being set apart. Basically being set apart from sin. Sanctification is the work of God in a believer to help them slowly by slowly, progressively to be set apart from sin. So basically when you become a believer, number one, the Holy Spirit declares you holy. But then he begins a journey in you to help you to become holy. Like to live uto tutabiatwa ukenya. Bwana asifiwe sana. Sasa kuna tutabiatwa dhambi twingine, Roho Mtakatifu anatusaidia to help us grow out of those ones. Now, just quickly before I come to our text, three ways that God uses to help us kuachana na uto tutabiatwa ukenya. Eh? Now, I hope you understand what I mean, right? Kuachana na hizo tabia za thambi za the other world. Number one is the word of God. Now, the word of God is one agent that builds Christian character when you become a believer. It is true you are already justified. You are already a citizen of heaven. But God uses his word to help you grow and become holy. In the book of John, chapter 15, verse 3, the Lord Jesus says, Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Already you are sanctified because of the word I have spoken to you. In John chapter 17 verse 17, Jesus praying, he says, Sanctify them in the truth and your word is truth. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the Bible says, the word of God is living and active, is sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces even dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrows, and judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So if you are a believer, you need to be close to the word of God because it's the word of God that's going to help you to become more or sanctified. The second uh, agent of sanctification is the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in Galatians 5.16, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? The flesh has its desires and we call those worldly desires. If you walk by the Spirit, if you allow the Holy Spirit of God to walk in you and to work in you, you will grow. In the book of First Peter chapter 1 verse 2, it says that according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for the obedience to Jesus Christ and the splintering of uh, blood. So basically 
the Holy Spirit of God helps the believer to grow. And the third one is fellowship. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. It basically means we should meet together. That will help us to grow, uh, to love, and to uh, good works. And the opposite is always true. In the book of 1 Corinthians 15.33, it says, Do not be misled or do not be deceived. Bad company destroys Good morals. That's why if you don't come to church, if you don't tune in and on Sundays you are going with your friends out, the next thing we will start hearing you talking of Mizinga, you know that those sort of vocabularies, yeah? Slowly by slowly you are becoming <laughs> of that side. So it's important for us to come to fellowship. Now the text that we read today, I'm going to go through it very quickly, can be divided into three parts. The first part is what we call a plea to sanctification. Verse 1 to 2. It says this, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to walk in order to please God, as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what circumstances we give, what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord. Now, there's going to be quite some instructions down there, but notice the recipients of this instruction are brothers and sisters in the Lord. It says brothers and sisters in verse 1. And this, 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 this instruction is backed up by the authority of Jesus. It says, we instructed you how to walk in order to please God. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord to do this more and more. In your bulletins, you will see the word entreaty. Uh, the word entreaty, of course, means plea or request. So Paul requests the believers, and <clears throat> honestly so, to walk in order to please God. If you are going to forget anything we are going to say in this sermon, remember God is pleading with us, the word of God is pleading with us to walk in a way that pleases God. And if you look at verse 2, there is actually a repetition there for emphasis purposes. For you know what instructions we gave to you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. In other words, Paul is saying, actually the things I'm about to tell you, I have already told you. And so Paul is basically repeating 
this message to the people in Thessalonica. So when you hear a message being repeated again and again and again, it is okay. We need to be reminded again and again of the things of God. Now, the second part of this uh, text is verse 3 to 6. And basically, the approach I wanted to take is to look at it as the ethics of sanctification. What is the foundation that governs us being sanctified? What is the principle that governs our sanctification? Verse 3, it is God's will that you be sanctified. And then he gives an example or one of the areas the believers need to be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And that is, that in this matter, we, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or a sister. So the point here that I'm trying to put across is, what is the foundation of our sanctification? And the first foundation, first point here I would note is that It is God's will that you should be sanctified. There are certain things that you should not do because it is God's will. Kuna tutabia flani, unapasa kuachana nazo, kwa sababu, God's will is that you don't behave like that. Now, this service is quite mixed, and so it's very hard for me to go into details. I'm speaking in parables. Let us and here do what? Here. And this is not for brothers alone. Also for sisters, Kwani Potiphar's wife was a brother. See, she was a sister. Yes, that it is God's will that we be sanctified and come out of them. Number two, you should, the second foundation. So the first one is that it's God's will. See, Sharia as a Nairobi Baptist, uh-uh. it's God's will that we be sanctified and live holy. The second, uh, the second foundation is that God wants us to live as noble vessels. Vyombo zaeshima. Wanaswe sana. Ukienda maju, uishi kama uko wapi? Maju. Apana... So, as a believer, there are things you should not be associated with 
because you are a believer, you are a noble person. The Bible says that your body is not your own. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, last week, but one, I had a group of guys who were working uh, for me uh, to do some stuff. And then they saw a certain Mze uh, pass by. And then they said, Oyo Mze, where's the owner's cut? Actually, they said, Ako Kamze. Now, imagine uh, somebody said, Ako Kaelda, referring to maybe me, or Kaleka Pastor, you know, we are noble vessels. Bonas Fuesana. And the Bible says that we should learn to control our body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not like the pagans. Amen. The last one is that because we know God, we should behave in a certain way. The Bible says in verse 5, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. Just because we know God, we should behave differently. Just because we know God. So, the music you listen to, the things you watch, the company you keep, uh, the way you use your phone, the numbers you have saved there. And by the way, when, the, when Paul writes and says, you should avoid sexual immorality. That word there used is ponea in Greek. It's a very general word. It means anything that is sexually immoral. You can name it. Not just, um, not just adult things. It's wide. So because you know God, there is certain music I should not find in your computer. Buenas fuesana. To complete the last part of this text is a persuasion or an encouragement to be sanctified. And uh, verse 6, it says, the last part of the verse, The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins 